0: God is here by his spirit. The scripture says not to be in a hurry when you go to the house of the Lord. Ecclesiastes speaks towards the fact that we don't he's in heaven, we're on the earth. You see, if we could only have that perspective at, at least in por, of heart, a portion, have earth's view from heaven boy we we'd have a whole different twist on things we'd see things way differently i don't know where i read it just recently something somebody said the media or the paper or something yeah i think it was a paper when the astronauts went their trip to the moon they looked back they took this marvelous picture of the earth and it was just a beautiful clouds and blueness and this picturesque picture no one ever seen the earth from that far away 18,000 miles away you see God is looking down on us He not only sees the earth but he sees you Individually, he sees you, and he wants you. He wants you to be his, to be at peace, to be in fellowship. To think about this amazing story, to think that God came down first creation, Adam and Eve, you know, and walk with them. That was his original intention. And you and I can walk with God and talk, he would talk to us, we would talk to, to him, and there would be this sweet harmony fellowship. But, you know, we have a problem. We've had the sin problem, and that's been taken care of through Jesus Christ, of course. His death, his resurrection, his uh, blood that was shed is cleansing us, making us righteous again. But what would cause a man to leave his comforts? What would cause a man to leave his familiarities and go to lands far away, go to peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations who have never heard the gospel except for the love of God, empowering him? And we've been talking about Paul Trying to describe his personality, what well, more than his personality it was the presence of God Almighty in Paul that flung him into, motivated him and in, even into suffering circumstances. And he alluded to this suffering last week, It seems to suggest that it was the time when he was flogged, beaten, when Paul and Silas were together, and together they were locked in stocks and bound, beaten, bleeding, hurting. And it was about midnight that someone suggested, Let's sing. Who wants to sing now? But there's a key to overcoming adversity is to give praise to God. Is what happens, you begin to take your focus off yourself and begin to take, put your focus on he, who he is and his ability. When I begin to think about what only I can do, I begin to be just shrink, 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 shrink. And say, oh my. But with God, all things are possible. Some of you are believing for good things, great and mighty things. Some of you are believing for breakthrough. Some of you need breakthrough. Some of you need relief. In certain areas of your body, you need relief. But not only do we need relief in the church, but the community out and around us are even almost in more need, those who are without Christ. And so Paul sets his heart towards the church that hasn't been planted yet, the church, the place, the community that doesn't have a witness. So that's why Paul went to Thessalonica, but only having to be cut short because of adversity, because Satan thwarted his plans, having been uh, able to start this church off and then being dragged away from it and then wondering, will the church survive? Right? And he's writing now a letter and 1 Thessalonians saying, I'm so proud of you guys. You've stuck with it. You've started on the right course. You've stayed with the the course. Last Sunday we called it staying the course. Today we'll call it standing firm. Sometimes the Christian life is not just moving forward, but there's a time where we need to stand firm and let the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the preparation that shot our feet with the sword and the word of God and all this work. get the loins girded up with two and stand. And things just bounce off. They don't penetrate us. Because God is our shield. And God is actually doing the battle as we station ourselves. Then there are times when we move out as they did around the walls of Jericho. And then now it's time to move out. And take the land. I tell you, but the times that we don't feel like we can stand, there are times when we don't feel like we can take another step. There are times when you don't feel like you don't know if you can take another day of another thing going wrong or one more thing that hits you, Right? And God is saying, you don't have to take it. I'll take it for you. Step into me. Step into my presence. Put on the whole armor of God. And I tell you what, it takes practice and discipline to do that. It takes the mind, the battle that is raging always, oftentimes in our mind. It takes discipline for us. So now we get to the third chapter. Paul hasn't been able to get back. He's he's saying in the second chapter there was... This, this enemy, Satan, who thwarted us, he's always out to stop and hinder. But thanks be to Jesus, his day is numbered. Amen. His day is numbered. The enemy will have his his judgment, will be thrown into the lake of fire forever and forever. Therefore, chapter uh, 3, verse 1, 1 Thessalonians. Therefore, love these words whenever you read therefore it's like saying because of right because of when we could endure it no longer we thought it best to be left behind at athens alone and we sent timothy our brother and god's fellow worker in the gospel of christ to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith What is going on here? Paul had taken the time to mentor a young man named Timothy. Now his mentoring, his his pouring into uh, Timothy's life is paying off because now Timothy is becoming his partner, becoming a help to him. How many know that we need to be unified in the body of Christ in order to get the work of the Lord done? We don't have to do it by ourselves. In fact, Jesus sent the disciples out in pairs. We don't have to do ministry. This is not a lone ranger thing. This is a partnership. This is a relationship with our God. This is a relationship. This is a this is a, a, a need to encourage the body of Christ. The body of Christ today needs to be encouraged to know that what they are and who they are in Christ is the salt and the light of the earth. And we are to take our stand and stand firm. And we don't have to walk around in fear. We don't have to walk around feeling defeated. We don't have to walk around saying, well, the world is getting worse, isn't it? Yeah, it's just going down. And, well, we know that the Bible p- prophesies that it will come to an end. But let's be the salt and the light in the last day. Let us not grow weary in doing good, Right? So we have a reason to live and have our being. You know, one of the ways the enemy works is to discourage. Right? And if you get, a, get you discouraged about something, to get you stop having hope, to get you to stop believing, to get you stop this, to get discouraged, you don't you don't want to take the time to trust God. You just kind of. You just kind of let go, and it, it just kind of begins to feel a weight that every, everything's an effort. Everything just takes so much energy. You know what we need? We need a fresh infilling. <laughs> we need to draw from the Lord himself. We need to draw from the Holy Spirit. We need to tap in. We need to wait upon him. But thank God for people like Timothy who said, I'll go. I'll be your mouthpiece. I'll go check on these dear folks. So number one, Timothy goes to strengthen and to encourage. By the way, I mentioned discouragement. Uh, There's been a lot of ministers, pastors, evangelists, whatever types of ministry. I forget the statistics. It's way up there. That started 10, 15, 20 years ago are not in the ministry anymore because of burnout, because of just a lot of, a lot of stuff that happens. We need God. It's his church. And I, I don't know if it's the size of the church or even has anything, anything really to do with it. I know that God has called us the minister if even it's one person. Wasn't it Philip that was having revival services? Great things were happening. God, the Holy Spirit, says, stop and go down this desert road. You'll find a man that's trying to understand me. Right? He finds this man on the road, and he's trying to read Isaiah, and he he said, I can't make sense out of this. Who is this God he's talking about? And Philip jumped aboard and said, he preached Jesus. He proclaimed the Savior. No doubt had got into water, bath He said, what? Hey, look, there's water. The man exclaims. He was excited, and they were baptized. It was changed. God cares about little places. God cares about communities. God cares about your neighbor. And he wants to use you and I to bring a word of encouragement, to strengthen. Hebrews warns us, take care, brethren, lest there be any, any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart in falling away from the living God. But, but encourage one another day after day, as long as it is to call today, lest any one of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin to what... What often happens when one is discouraged, you're more apt to let your guard down and stop pursuing God, and you start drifting, coasting, so to speak. And we can stop becoming the edge until the Lord warns us, take care of your heart. Watch over, Proverbs says, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Hebrews again later says, let us consider how to stimulate one another. Another translation just how to, st- how to provoke or spur. This picture of this horse comes to mind. You probably have had a horse. How many of you have had a, had a horse or he rode a horse? Yeah, quite a bunch. You want that thing to get up and go, kind of spur it. Come on, right? The word, the translation, the, 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 the meaning is someone saying to you, you have a way about you. You have a something you need to share with the body. You have a gift. You need to use that. Provoke one another to love and good deeds. Encourage. uh, Just the fact that we're assembling ought to be encouraged. Number one, we're here to worship God, love God. Second of all, we're here to encourage, build up, speak, words that would bring life hope speak words that would give glory and honor to Jesus speak into people's lives words of encouragement but proverbs says the tongue in the, there's power in the tongue either give life or death we have the potential through the holy spirit to give life into death situations, into desperate situations. We can come by the very fact we bring the presence of God with us wherever we go. We can bring life where there's no life. We can be a ray of light to where there's darkness. We can uh, be able to somehow point the weight of Jesus. Standing firm means... soaking in his presence and then just going out and walking and seeing what God will do. Seeing what the doors he opens up. Seeing the opportunities. You begin to sense when you soak time with, when you spend time with God, you begin to develop uh, sensitivity, more sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. When I become too busy to spend time with God, then I become dull in my senses. And that was the very fact that Hebrews was talking, don't become dull in your senses. You have to have time. You need time with God, and you need time with the fellowship of other believers. You need time in his word. You need time in relationship with each other. Secondly, standing firm could mean at times suffering. Verse four, for indeed when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance that we were going to suffer affliction, and so it came to pass, as you know. So what he was worried, what Paul's concern was that, if they hear about what I had to go through for the gospel, are they gonna stay true? If they know what I I went through for the gospel, I hope they don't get discouraged. What he was saying, we were talking about. This was something probably that was going to happen ahead of time. And his concern, what appalls Paul's? Oftentimes he was concerned that, at verse five, as he says, that our labor should be in vain, that the tempter would come and tempt. These people back to the old lifestyle tempt them back to go the way of the enemy and so the church needs to be praying for especially young believers and in fact praying for the saints as well because satan would love to get the saints if he can get at the seasoned saint and get them discouraged to stop praying then he can get at the younger people as well See how he works? We're in it together. We're for each other. Timothy brings good news back. But now, verse 6, Timothy has come to to us from you, has brought us good news. I want you to notice something begins to happen. Uh, Paul is no doubt a man of faith, but he has moments of discouragement. Don't put it past. Paul was not... a so super spiritual that he never felt pain, that he never, he felt pain, he felt loneliness, he felt rejection, he felt much like Jesus. Paul was stoned, hurled rocks. Some believe that's the time he would have referred to when he was caught up into paradise, saw things. And brought back to life. I want you to notice, especially, Paul's heart is really beginning to be encouraged now. And this reason, verse 7: Brethren, in all our distress and inflection, we were comforted about you through your faith. In other words, he's saying, It doesn't matter whatever it takes, I'd go through it again to get you guys to where you are today. It would be worth it all just because, one, It says, verse 8, this is what I want, I just just catch a hold of this. For now we really live, for now we really live if you stand firm in the Lord. In other words, what really, really makes his day, what really made Paul's hope, his energy come back, his faith begin to bloom. It was that he heard the message that these people are Started and they're on their way, they're on their way to heaven. They're they're working, and they're not only working for themselves, but they're touching other people around them. There's something that happens. You want to get fired up and see some results from the fruit of your labor. The fruit of your labor. And your prayers paid off. Your words of kindness spoken, paid off. Results begin to happen because God, the Holy Spirit, takes our brokenness, takes our fears, takes our weaknesses. And as we lay them before this feet, we begin to cry out, oh God, we cannot do nothing from this point. And Paul would pray from the prison cell, Oh, God, I can't be there. Send somebody else. There's somebody else can be there to take over. There's someone else that you would call. If, If you do not deliver me, then send somebody else. And God is always in the business of raising up more and more people to reach more people. He's in the multiplication business. He wants his house to be full. He's not willing that any should perish. But it's worth it if one, one soul. Yet he wants more. But it's still worth it. I believe he would have came just for one. He would have come just for one. So thirdly, besides encouraging, besides sometimes suffering, We look at standing firm, paid off. Standing firm, paid off. It had dividends. We would say this. If we asked somebody to volunteer, we couldn't give them, couldn't give them anything. We would say something like this. It has heavenly rewards. Really sounds good, doesn't it? It has eternal dividends. I'm just teasing you now. But really, in a sense, what can we do that will last for all eternity? What is it that we can do on this earth? What is it that we can give to? What is it that we can place only people, only an act of kindness, only helping someone else showing up in their pain and their suffering, Only by reaching out to them in their moment of need will make an impact. Laying up treasures in heaven. What is that all about? That's all that you give towards the kingdom of God. That is all your intention, your prayers, your finances, your time that you spend, your efforts that you do you do your mundane routine just to make a living that's not the only reason you're out in the marketplace by the way god has you there for a reason because there are people out and about and he has people i believe he really has assignments for us that we recognize this is this is something god has put together and how else could it have just so happened that Timothy would come along? How would it just so happen, but it was people that were praying? You read through the book of Acts, the stories over and over the miracles. But one time, it was Peter, who was, you know, came right out, of, uh, let loose out of the cell and came. And then I forget her name, the young lady. said, Peter, out at the gate, ah, you're just seeing a vision. Oh, he's, he's there. God does things. God does things. We're on an exciting adventure with the Lord. Stand firm. Love people around you. You, really, you know what one debt we're, we'll, we'll always be indebted to is this. Love one another. Love one another. Oh, no man, nothing <laughs> except to love one another. Just love. Love covers a multitude of sins. Really what, it's, what that's saying is that we look past the problems and see the potential God didn't give up on us, even while we were yet sinners. Well, there's no use for these people. And even when he knows people that will not accept them, he still died for them. Unbelievable. Our God, the love of God that is for us. We need to establish. Look at verse 13. We need to become established. You know what? God is... The only one that can establish. That word establish has to do with that we become uh, secure. At verse 13 it says, uh, I'm going to back up a little bit, 11, 11, 12, 13, because it ties it all together. Now may our God, this almost like he's ending up the letter, but he's not over with it yet. But now may our God, Father himself and Jesus our Lord direct our way to you. He still has an intent in his heart to get to his people. May the Lord cause you to increase and abound in your love for one another, for all men, just as we also do for you, so that he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. What is Paul saying here? I'm looking past. I'm seeing past the day that we're even now. I'm seeing past your vulnerability. I'm seeing past. I can see that one day the Lord is coming for you. The Lord will come back for his church. He will not leave his people or abandon them. He will come back. He is coming back. And the saints of God are to be looking forward to that day. That's why we have later in this fact, it's just soon after in the fourth chapter, that they uh, had this question that comes up, what happens to people that die in the Lord? What happens? Where, where are they going to go? You know, and they have these questions and Paul answers them. They're going to be the first ones to go. <laughs> When the trumpet of the lord sounds they're going to be the first one to be caught up on it. and then when the rest that are alive and remain shall join them in the air i don't know about you i've heard that often over my life period but you know what we're closer now than we have ever been before we're closer to the trumpet of the lord first peter tells us to be holy who called us be holy yourselves also in all your behavior because it is written you shall be holy for I am holy. What is he talking? We're not going to earn our way to salvation, but because of our walk with Jesus, because of our drawing near to God, drawing near to God, and we, we draw near to him, he draws near to us, all of a sudden we get a sense that he is pleased and not pleased. There are some things that does not please the Lord. And whenever it comes down to a self-centeredness, self-seeking, self-gratifying, begins to put God on a shelf, begins to put God on the back burner that God is not pleased with that. But oh, he responds to the brokenness. He responds to repentance. He responds to people that say, you know what, I've messed up. I'm coming back. I'm re- I need to be renewed. I need to take a stand again. I need to make a commitment. Help me, Lord, to walk forward. I can't go back. The back, did you put it behind you? And God is so good to us. With that word establish, our hearts establish, it has to do with, I think it's come to maturity. That comes to, we know, we know that we know that we are in the Lord that we are ready if he should call us today we know that we are ready we are established and we're trusting that the Lord will see us through stand firm David faced the Goliath what are you facing today Daniel faced the lion's den the Hebrew children of fire furnace we're not exempt from trials It will never happen in this side of heaven that we'll be free now. We're just going to float our way to heaven. That's not in scripture. That we will fight the good fight. That's in scripture. We will finish the course because God has called us. We will fix our eyes on Jesus because there's a whole lot of things that the enemy wants to distract us with to get us discouraged. But we're pressing on. So I thought about a song, oh, what can we sing? What can we sing that says something about standing? And of course, the old A.G. kicked in. Standing on the promises, how many remember that? 553, standing on the promises. We've talked a little bit about his promises. He is for us, he's coming back. He's our healer. He's our salvation. We could go on and on and list the promises. But he's coming back, standing. We're standing on the promises. We cannot fail. Verse 2. By the living word of God, I shall prevail. I love that. Yeah, go ahead. Please. You have to stand on this song. This is a stand up sing only on the standing on the promises. So why don't we take. We'll see how it goes. We might sing all verse five. We might sing all verse, the whole works. I don't know if you were in the song book and they always skipped over one verse and you were that verse, right?